For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch from The Home Depot. Now, three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store. morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Good morning. All right. Yeah. So what's up, everybody? This is Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude coming to you from the heart of Little Italy, San Diego. What's up, everybody? Oh, man. So my computer system, just everything crashed. Every live brought, like every live button I push to start the show every day, to go on iHeartRadio, to go on Spreaker, to go on iTunes, to go on Anchor, to go on YouTube, to go on Facebook, to go LinkedIn, to go everywhere. All of the buttons that I hit all just made the computer crash. <laughs> so... We started a minute late. I'm sorry. Good morning. Lisa Walker, good to see you from London. Thank you. What's up, John Ricker? Tia, good morning, my friend. Pinky, what's up? Bethany, Pinky, Bethany, good morning. And of course, good morning, Rachel. Good morning, everybody. Um, It is a great day today. I'm super stoked to be here. I missed you guys. I feel like when the weekend happens and I just, I I go, golly, where's everyone at? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I miss you guys. So anyway, it's great to see you. We have an amazing show today. Um, we have a guest on who actually we have two guests, but our first guest is somebody that we had scheduled um, a while back and unfortunately got sick. So we're really excited to have him back on the show today. Good morning. You sent a PM to me. Okay, I'll check it later, John. In radio audience, if you're wondering who in the world I'm talking to, um, we are... Most of us, the interaction happens on Facebook. You can look up Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. But again, you can look us up on iTunes. We're there now. We're also on iHeartRadio. We're on YouTube. And we are just kind of a little bit of everywhere else. So we want to welcome those audiences. We love you. We love the support. We love your comments. We love you tagging friends, especially when we have powerful messages like we do today. Um, today, Today is going to be fantastic. Today is going to hit me right in the core of my soul because it hits home for me. Um, As I've shared on the show, um, I battled with bipolar disorder for a long time. Um, I think that I'm on the other side of it, but that's a whole other thing, Um, at least where I can manage it and I'm able to embrace it and use it as a superpower. But we have the man on today, the guy, this guy is like fighting the good fight on behalf of everyone who battles with bipolar depressive disorder. Um, I'm super stoked. But again, welcome everybody to the show. This is going to be a lot of fun. So your participation, ask comments. What's up, Robert? Ask, ask, ask comments. <laughs> ask questions. Ask questions today. 
engage, tell us. If you know somebody that's battled with bipolar depressive disorder or any other mental health issue, now's the time to ask questions. Now's the time to get involved. Use your voice, speak up, because you never know who needs to hear your message. You never know who's out there that's listening that'll be able to help you. So let's get into this today, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, sing the comments. Exactly, exactly. That's right, Robert. All right, let's do this. My man Armando Aguilar on the show today on Morning Gratitude. What's up, my man? Good, man. Good, good. What's going on with you? Ah, uh, man, just really enjoying this, this process I'm in. I'm, I'm going through leadership emotional intelligence training, and it's absolutely changing my life. I'm learning how to communicate um, in ways that I've never communicated before. And in learning a lot of different personalities in a group setting, and it's just making me a better leader, um, I think a better man, a better human, and it's also helping me really define my purpose and what I want to do in this world. And it's a very empower th- empowering, empowering thing. So without that, with all that said, my man, welcome to the show. Tony, good morning. Armando, what are you grateful for this morning? Well, first of all, I'm grateful to be here with you. And second of all, that I woke up and I get to see the sun and that I get to share my story and hopefully impact some people. Damn right. Well, you know what? Let's get into it because, oh, really quick. Hold on. So I told everybody I would show them. I played the paperclip game this weekend where I traded, started with the paperclip and I traded up. This is the razor I got. It's a hand shaved wood. It's so amazing. So I shaved my face and my head with it the first time. I don't know what I'm doing, so I was bleeding profusely. So that, <laughs> but it, dadgummit, it shaved so good. So I got to keep practicing with it. I can't wait to shave tomorrow. All right, my man. So tell us your story because everyone has their, everyone that's ever dealt with bipolar disorder has, has had, they have their own special relationship with it. But right. us, the people that have dealt with it and suffered with it, we get it. And, right. and, 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 and our stories need to be heard, especially because, if anything, we understand each other. So I would love to hear your story. Well, my story consists of, uh, I, I think and believe, you, you can go up to like 15 years to 20 years without knowing that you have it, right? Because we can't self-diagnose. <clears throat> I think I believe mine started hitting when I was around like 14, 15 years old, which is also that, it was also that age where... Your body's changing, you're trying to find yourself. So it's really easy to and go, oh, this is the issue. This is just, his, you know, he's going through the teenage years. This is what's happening. So it's really hard to have that kind of, you know, communication with your family or understanding. Sure. So I think it just keeps on growing more years. And then it got to a point, I would say around my 20s, 20 something, towards my late 20s, when just to argue with the family, which not getting together. I was being called loser every single day. Uh, when 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 people would show up at the house, they would hide me in the closet. Um, you know, I had a stepdad that mistreated me all the time. Um, my my half sister just totally. She actually just told me one time, "Once you just kill yourself, that would be the best thing you can do in your life." So it was definitely very hard, you know, by these words that I'm telling you, and you being a young kid, but it's also the same people that tell you, I love you, and I would never do anything to hurt you. That would make you bipolar in itself. Exactly. So I'm trying to find my own self. My family's treating me this way. Everybody sees me like an outcast. And, And then a lot of my relationships in life, friends, 
would go in and out because obviously I wasn't able to see my mood swings. I wasn't aware of them. I wasn't able to see them. So that led where I would say a lot of my childhood bipolar took away from me. A lot of my childhood, it, it robbed me from my childhood. It robbed me from my from my twenties. But it also empowered me to be able to do what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? So I still have all these issues with my family telling me negative things. And the issue with that is they tell you that since you're a little boy, since you're a little kid. Yeah. So it's not just hearing it, it's believing it. Because that's how, that's what they tell you. And again, it's the same people that tell you, I would never hurt you. And it's the first people that I saw when I, when I, when I was able to see. You know, the first person I saw was my mother mm-hmm. when I was able to see. And that my mother is also the same person that told me that I'm a loser, that I'm never going to get anywhere in life, that I, you know, that I should just give up. It's growing, believing those things, because it's not just hearing it, but believing it's, it's staying in your mind, your subconscious, and we have a conscious and our subconscious staying in our mind. So I lost my self-love. I lost my self-worth. And I lost myself believing myself. Because everybody around me tells me I'm a loser, that I'm not worth anything. But then it gets to a point where you're like, you know what, you're right. That's what I am. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I am. No, you're not. I mean, that's not what I am. So I've learned through the years to start regaining that self-love, start regaining that self-worth, and start believing in myself and not in other people's opinion because so many people are scared to go get help because of the stigma behind it. So when I teach my clients, I'm like, well, are you living for the people that they're going to give you a stigma? Why are you living for you? That's a question you got to figure out. You know, question, am I leaving because I don't want these people to know? Or am I leaving because I want to better myself? So I start going to support groups. I started building friendships, like you said, with people that understand this. When people can go, oh, you're feeling that way? Well, I took this step. Or this is what I do. Or I feel the same way. <clears throat> so having that communication. And again, see, one of the, one of the hardest things with a mental illness it's not the pain and suffering that comes with it, but the terrible things that made you believe about yourself. Mm. That's, oh my God. That's a really hard. That, go ahead. No, I just said, oh my gosh. I mean, that it, it's true because, I mean, even like if I think about it, you need to, like, you need, are you off your meds? Like that question. Are you off your meds? Did you take, you forget to take your medication today? Exactly. Like that in itself is. Like just makes I, it just made me feel awful about myself, you know. And so I, I understand what you're saying. Because they're calling you a loser, right? And that you should. That you should are the most terrible things, right? Because you should only equals you failed. Mm-hmm. So you should go for a walk. You should have done this. You should have gone there. You should, why are you making this thing? So there's so many you shoulds, and you shoulds only equal. Well, I am a loser then because I should have done that. Right. But the should have done that, it's not the correct thing. It's, it's the correct question is, how can I help you? Yeah. You know? And, and, the, and, the, and the, the hardest also thing was is that my mother would tell everybody, oh, I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to do everything I can for them. But she never did anything. So people put a front, but what happens at home is two different things. And that's one thing that also people don't realize. 
because somebody will come and say, yeah, I took him to their doctor, I make sure he takes medicine, which is completely not true. They don't tell you why well, I, I had him in the closet when he was a kid. They don't tell you stuff like that. They only tell you the, the other thing. And what happens, then the people they have communication with starts believing them, and again, they start caressing you as, well, you don't want to do anything to better yourself because they're doing so much for you, and it's not true. And that just keeps on adding to losing who you believe you can be. Right. Now, I'm a two-time suicide survivor because it got to that point that I believe that you're right. I should just end my life. That you're completely right. I mean, you're my mom. You're my sister. You're my stepdad. You're my aunts. You know, you're my cousins. You're completely right. And guess what happens? Then becomes, you know, a lot of people go, "What a coward!" I don't think it's being a coward. It's it just gets to a point that you, again, like, what do I do? I am hitting this wall. The the abuse. So just I want to I want to support what you're saying really quick, so people understand. If you have if you know somebody that's bipolar in your life and you don't deal with it, let me explain something to you. So when they we we when we receive negative feedback, it it it, it or we hear something that may be slightly abusive or we hear something negative. If we are in the if we are not in on a high. We're, we're maybe middle ground or a little bit lower. What that does is it amplifies it by about 10. And so those negative thoughts that we hear and they creep in, they get, they magnet, they, the, the, the magnitude of it, it just ripples and it just keeps going down deeper and deeper and deeper in the soul. And it then triggers a mania that you just go, go through. I, I would go through this self-hating phase and like, oh my God, why don't I just kill myself? Why don't I just die? I, mean, I, don't, I don't belong here. I can't get anything right. And then it's just over and over and over again and it beats. And then it's almost like you're, you want to just make your brain explode. And in those moments, which used to happen a lot, but they don't happen like they used to. But those are the things that'd be like, F it. I'm going to go do a bunch of cocaine and make myself feel better. And then I'm going to go act like a maniac and I'm going to do this and that and, and basically put my life at risk. That was the reality of what it was like for me when I would get that negative feedback when I was having a, a bipolar, I, I call them bipolar fits, but um, really, really quick. Good morning, Rebecca. I want to answer Rebecca's. Uh, I, I want you to lead to this, uh, Armando. She wants to know what brought on the change for you. And she also says this is helping her realize that she needs to ask Ava in a different way about her type 1 diabetes. So this is not just for bipolar disorder. This, right. The communication and the way you deal with people who battle with mental health issues, is, it's a special skill set. It's just like me. I'm a controlling personality. Um, I can't communicate with analytical thinkers like I would people like me. Or it's not going to go anywhere. You know, it's, it's just a new type of communication that you get to learn and it really, really empowers people that suffer with mental health issues. So, sorry, go ahead, my man. Well, words have so much power. Yeah. And, and people don't understand that. In your case, you mentioned mania. In my case, it's deep depression, mm -hmm. where I couldn't get out of bed, where I wasn't motivated to do anything. I would always say, I say now, if Salma Hayek came and knocked on my door and said, you can do anything with me, I wouldn't even open the door. It would be that much, right? Yeah. 
So asking a person, how do you present it? If you keep your mind in thinking that the way you ask something has control of the outcome you want. So by asking them in a way that is like, how could I help you? I know you're going through this. And your attitude at this moment is a symptom of the illness. It's not you. It's not Armando. It's not Josh. It's a symptom that's going on right now. And I want to help you right. with the symptom. Because you build that separation and it's not, you're not telling them again that they're a loser. Because that's how it sounds. Right? If you tell anybody anything like that, it's the way it sounds. But when you can do that separation, that person is going to feel a little more comfortable mm-hmm. to speak to you, talk to you, and open their feelings to see what it's needed. Now, one thing that I also teach my clients when they have a family member, why well, I want him to open up. Why I want him to do this. Well, have you opened up with them? Have you shared something with them where, where it's going to build up that trust? That you share something that's a little more personal than you would share with any, with everybody else. They, that builds that trust and say, oh, that person confided in me and trust me with this. I can turn around and trust them with that. So we also got to do the actions that we're asking other people to do. Yeah. So in that case, sugar, we're trying to avoid having sugar in front of that person. It's like telling somebody, don't drink, and you turn around to the bar and you, and you order a beer. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, and it's about teamwork. If you care about this, it's about teamwork. And yes, you're going to have to do some adjustments, like you said, in your life, so that communication is better. Uh, and the outcome is better. Yeah. You want to see me freak out? Give me some donuts. Oh, my gosh. I love them, though. I, I can't. I don't eat them. I choose not to eat them because I know what happens. But, yeah, sugar is sugar's the devil anyway. But right. it... it Oh my gosh, sugar triggers is like the, I guarantee you, I, I know what will happen. If I consume something with sugar in it, it's on. <laughs> it's not good. You get a spike mm-hmm. and then you, you get a drop. Yeah. So if you have the, the, the illness where you do get a drop, like in my case, it would be more depressive. Well, then that drop is, so somebody might be going 10 miles an hour. And that drop in me would be 150 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Now, by, by saying that, I also want to point something else because people always say, well, you're just sad. You know, <laughs> you're just sad. There's a big difference from being sad and having a mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I'll word it this way. Let's just say you're on the freeway on a speed limit of 65. You being sad, you're probably going 75, 80. Being depressed is going 150 miles an hour. Right There's a wall. huge difference of being sad and being in a depressed stage where you want to end your life. Yeah. But people don't understand that, and it's so easy. I would just walk it off. If the solution was just walk it off, then we wouldn't have this issue. Then we wouldn't have this illness. Do Do you know something that I've I've, I've I'm I really have to give a lot of credit to the leadership emotional intelligence training I'm doing because what is happening is. It's allowing me to receive feedback in such a way that I don't, I just take it as feedback and I don't personalize it. I don't, I don't go, oh my God, they hate me. And like, if, so if somebody goes, you know, I really don't like the way that you communicated with me. You hurt your feelings. And with me, that's very possible. Like, it's very possible that I'm going to do that. Not on purpose, but I, you know, I sometimes run my mouth and 
And, but then when I get feedback that's negative and then I start personalizing, I go, oh, they hate my guts. They don't love me. They're going to they're gonna go find somebody else or, or, or my mom doesn't love me anymore. She doesn't care about me. And I start internalizing that and then I get depressive and then I get obsessed with that feeling. And I just go deeper and deeper and deeper into a hole until I'm just a numbed out, dead soul person. And because, and then there's the desperation to get out of that. And that's why I used to seek drugs. Now that I have these tools to be able to just go, okay, this is feedback. Does this register for me or not? Did I act in a way that caused this reaction? And if the answer is yes, guess what? I get to deal with it and apologize and kill it at that moment because it doesn't allow me to let those thoughts fester and then obsess with it and then depress me. I'm able just to let it go. In that tool, like I really wish that there was a study done for people that have had mental health, and maybe there is, but people that battle with mental health disorders, especially bipolar, about emotional intelligence training because I don't take medication for my bipolar disorder or anything other than my HIV. That's the only thing I take medicine for. And guess what? I live a very normal freaking life like a very normal, healthy life. I don't deal with side effects of medication. I don't deal with any of it because I just am learning how to manage the bipolar disorder and and not allow those thoughts. I know what my triggers are and I'm learning how to release it. And it's been so powerful for me. I want to bring two points up in town. One of them is you said my bipolar. Okay. I'm not bipolar. I'm more Bondo Aguilar. Bipolar is something that I face. Ah, I like that. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just pointing it out. No, I appreciate that. I no, I I appreciate that. That's great. Yeah, because once you start learning that within yourself, first of all, that I'm not the illness. The illness is something that I face. So if you walk into a room and I and we're having a conversation and I go, oh, I'm bipolar, and I walk away. You're gonna go, oh, that's the bipolar guy. Uh, what's his name again? But if I walk in, that's have a conversation and say, oh, I face bipolar. You might not understand the illness, but the word face also means you struggle with something. And everybody has faced something. And by having that, there's an automatic connection with the person that you build right away. Mm-hmm. It also says that when you're faced, it's that you're doing something to improve yourself. But well, that took years to learn because what you said, anything people would say, I would take it personal and I would believe it. But that comes from the schooling that we have from day one. You know, because that's what our family told us. And we believe our family. So our subconscious mind and our conscious mind, automatically when somebody would tell you something, it would click in your subconscious mind and you would dwell and dwell and believe that comment and say, it's solely for me. He hates me. He doesn't like me. That's why he says that. But I've learned, and this is one of the things I teach, is that's somebody's opinion. Right. That's not what I am. And if I'm not made out of gold for everybody to like me, there's going to be people that are going to like me and love me completely, and there's going to be people they just don't. Yeah. By learning those differences, you start living a better life. But it's something that took me many years to separate that. And now when somebody tells me something negative, they say when I spoke and I made a comment and didn't like it, then it's something that I say, you know what, I'm going to analyze that because this person might be right. And if he's not, 
then I'm comfortable with what I say. And for the record, I don't identify as, I don't claim anything now. Like, I don't say that I'm bipolar. I don't say, I don't mention, I don't identify with, I don't identify myself with anything other than I'm a powerful, authentic, loving leader. And my name is Joshua T. Berglund. That's the only way I identify myself now. For the sake of this conversation, I'm bringing up the fact that I've had mental health issues, you know, that I battled in the past and I, you know, I still have them. They're still there. But that is not who the hell I am. I'm exactly who God created me to be. And the way that he created me to be was for a very divine, powerful purpose. Um, Hold on. So, hey, I'm actually on the I'm on the radio. You (laughs) so you you just check your email and that's where the link is. (laughs) I they're calling me during the show. It's the weirdest thing. I like the, the next guest just called me. I, I'm on the I'm on the show right now. I want to point something out. When I said, you know, if you identify or not, it wasn't regarding you. I just, the people that are watching this, mm-hmm. the people are hearing this, I want them to listen to it if you're having an illness, to listen to it and say, wait a minute, it's true, I'm not the illness. And for family members and loved ones to care for that person, to also listen and go, wait a minute, I've been telling John or Mary all their lives that they're that illness, they're not. You don't tell somebody has cancer, you're cancer. You don't tell them that. You tell me, I feel so sorry that you're facing cancer. And it's funny how if you tell somebody you have cancer, they want to hug you and they want to support you. You tell somebody you have a mental illness, they completely run away. I mean, I have people remove me from Facebook. I have people go, oh, I'm going to go pick up my kids. And they don't even have kids. Because you said the word mental illness or bipolar, right? And you're like, you don't even have kids. But, and that's fine. I've learned to not take that personal because I've learned to separate. And that's one of the biggest issues that people either going through it or their loved ones don't learn how to separate. Right. By learning how to separate, you're going to allow that person to start growing as as their identity as the person they are like you said you're a divine soul that God created I'm a divine soul that That's I was right. created you know I mean but when you start learning those things and you start separating those things that's when you really start growing and that's when you start removing the stigma because the stigma is the biggest thing you tell us about your organization what you're doing with it well by Golden Christian Power what I do is I empower people pretty much what I teach people is to find self love and self-worth again so they can face the illness and they can separate themselves from I am the illness to I'm a human being that I want to reach my goals, my dreams, and I have worth and I have value. And not only do I do that with the people that are facing the mental illness, but I also do it with family members. Mm-hmm. You know, teach the family how to talk to them better, have not judgment, and what's the steps to help them. Because they're young kids that are getting bullied and they want to turn into suicide. Right. And the family and the family's not learning how to communicate with that and it only escalates. And it's not only kids. You know, we still get bullied at this age, just in a different format. But by learning as a family member or a friend, how can I have a better relationship? What's the steps I need to learn to communicate? And also the person that's facing the mental illness regaining their self worth and their self love. Like what you said, you have to go through all that. Mm-hmm. All the things they did to master the pain, to, all that, to where you're at now, and you're like, wait a minute, that's not me. 
I can manage this now mentally, and I know the steps I need to take to not let that determine my life or become that again or, or fall into drugs or alcohol, sex, gambling, the list goes on. It, all the For above. Peace, all the <laughs> <all this thing. laughs> So, with bipolar, it's a beautiful community with bipolar and Christian power. It's a beautiful community because the word power is there. Yeah. So, we, I'm empowering you to become who you need to become. You deserve the life and dreams that you want. Right? You know, people tell me, you meet these celebrities, you, you go to these events. Well, yes, you know why? Because I don't fear the word bipolar. I don't feel nervous. I don't care if they're going to judge me. I'm there to learn the knowledge I need to learn. Mm. I'm there to do the network I need to do. And some people are going to be helpful, and some people are not. Yeah. But let's not take those things personal. Yeah. Uh, really quick, uh, everyone listening on iHeartRadio, listening on iTunes, listening on Spreaker, listening on Anchor, welcome. Uh, everyone watching on YouTube and watching on Facebook, good morning. Jordan, good to see you, my man. Uh, hey, Jordan, do you know anyone in your life that battles with mental health issues? Michelle says that uh, everyone at least in once in her life has had a mental health issue. My brother has lived with schizophrenia for most of his life. Wow. Bonnie says you are awesome. Michelle says you are you rock. <laughs> uh, let's see. Lisette, good to see you all the way from Paris. Michelle from Spain. Bonnie from Indiana. Where's everyone else from? John Whitewood, good to see you, my man. Hope you're doing well. Rebecca, always great to see you in lovely California. And everybody else watching that I cannot see, welcome to the show. We're having a really interesting conversation with the man Armando. Um, so yeah, so you're, you're, I just wanted to give a shout out to them really quick. But I, I'd love to know, everyone in the comments, um, if you know somebody that has battled with uh, mental health or you have yourself and you want to share your story and like what you deal with and how how you're managing it oh wow ying from uh from japan welcome wow good to see you my friend um if you guys deal with anything i would love to um hear and like kind of what you're doing to work through it um this is a good time to network with this because we're here to support each other on this show guys right and first of all everybody that said you know i rock and all that thank you that really means a lot to me and i also want to that's okay with you. Yeah. Is <clears throat> I would be willing to give two people my program where is the coping skills that I'm about to launch in a, in a couple of months. But I would be willing to give it to two people, and the system goes through understanding the person that has the illness, you facing the illness, and what's the communication we need to do, and the coping skills that you need to have. Because what happened? Let's just say your girlfriend is facing bipolar and you're at work and then they call you and everybody in the family has an, an idea, a suggestion, this is what needs to be done. What happens that is the system? But when there's a program and say, here's step A, here's step B, here's step C, now everybody's in tune and everybody has a copy of that program to find the solution. And that program is created with the, the family and the person that's facing this. So you can understand, because when they're stable, they can tell you, call Josh, because Josh is going to help me. Call Armando. But in the moment that you go into the episode, you're not thinking of those things. Yeah. So it is important to have a system that you can create that is beneficial for the person who's facing it and beneficial for the, for the family members. And I just... Either they send you a message or send me a message, and I'll definitely set them up with uh, whoever you know. Since whoever the two first people to send a message, 
I'd be more happy to be a life coach and system for them for free. Yeah, and Armando's a good dude, guys. I, I've had the pleasure of meeting him, and he's the real deal. So I definitely reach out to him and follow what he's doing. Veronica, good to see you. Yes, I am still the mayor. I'm going to be known as the world's mayor sooner than later, I promise you. Hey, John, I want to know, uh, I suffer from Axis 1 anxiety disorder. I would love to know what that is. I'll Google it, but I'd love to hear from you what your experience is like. Um, so, Armando, tell me, tell, me what, tell me one of the craziest things that, you, that has happened <laughs> happened to you or that you that you did on a bipolar high that you can actually share on the radio <laughs> that's a good one right <laughs> um, I, I, again mine was never mine was not very manic mine was very depressed you never so you don't get the highs I get them but not the way that you get them not the full manic damn that's I get the full <laughs> I get the yes, superpower <laughs> the superpower, and I don't. I go to the other extreme. Oh God! Extreme, where I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to talk to people. I'm not motivated to anything. And you can bring my favorite food, and I want to eat it. You're, you know, people can come knocking your door, and I want to answer the door. I want to pick up my phone. I completely isolate, and I don't want to do anything because I don't feel anything besides the word worthless. Oh God! Right. No self love, no self worth. And I think the, the 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 strongest thing that I did, or the or the like you mentioned, the craziest or whatever you want to call it, was picking up a knife and trying to kill me. Was overdosing on sleeping pills because I want to end my life. Because in that depression moment, the only answer I had is if everybody hates me and I'm such the problem to all my family and to all my friends then I shouldn't be here then because I don't want to cost that pain to them. And I am so tired of having this pain. See, people don't understand that it's a struggle every minute of your life. Fudge. It's not a daily struggle. It's a every minute of your life. Learning the correct tools, you learn how to mess up your life. Like you. you, you still face the illness, but you know how to manage it now so it doesn't run your life. Right, but... I, I, I do get those lows, but I, the reason why I'm, I, I, I really don't like the medic and never like the medication is because I really love my, the highs. I mean, now that I know how to be a responsible adult, it, the highs are fantastic because they're superpowers. I can almost trigger myself for the highs now. It's, it, it's terrific, but I, the lows are which I'm managing now, but I had, I didn't know that you didn't get the benefit of the high. That sucks. I get a very minimal. Yeah. Why sometimes I don't speak for three days. Sometimes I speak a little faster. Or sometimes I feel that I have the best idea. But it only lasts to a certain degree. I don't go and try to you know, do coke and gamble and you know, do all kinds of negative things. Spend money that I don't have. I don't take it to that level. I did get some highs. But not to a very high manic point like you do, and vice versa. I get the completely low, just as the level of high you get. Yeah. Imagine that level, but all the way down. How do you feel about cannabis for bipolar disorder? I know you're not a doctor, and you're not yeah, making medical recommendations. Out. No, this is not a recommendation. Something that I suggest they they speak with a doctor and do some research behind it. Um, in my opinion. There's a lot of things out there that 
that have great benefit. Right. But if it works for John, not necessarily it's going to work for Mary. So it is important that you do your study, that you have it with the medical uh, support, and say, could this help me? Right. Because I read that this could help me for my anxiety. I read this could help me for, you know, back pain. I read that this could help me for my depression. And there's different, remember, there's different strains of, of medical marijuana. One, which is, and this kind of brings you down. And there's systemia that brings you up. So if you're depressed, and you take the one that brings you down, it has the potential to bring you even more down. If you're, if you're in a, if you're in a, a manic point, and you take systemia, that's gonna take you even higher. So that's why it's very important that you do, you consider these conversations with your medical system, doctors, psychiatrists, therapists, to determine if this is a better outlet for you. And a lot of people don't want to take medicine. And they find something more natural, more organic. Because medical marijuana is grown in a tree. A pill is created. Big difference. Right. And one is naturally occurring. And uh, yeah, so it... I'm, I'm personally, and again, you, what, everything that you said is 100% correct. For me, I found that, you know, managing it, and I don't, I, I've, I don't use it as, I don't feel like I need it as much anymore. So I'm not using cannabis like I used to, but I still do. I'm a big fan. I, I love SoCo Cannabis Creations because of the quality, the purity of the product, and it has the full spectrum. So I'm getting the full benefits of the plant. And it helps, but I'm also feel like I don't need it like I used to. And so that's great. And then, and then like eliminating alcohol is something else that is like really important for people that battle with depression, because guess what? Alcohol is a depressant, mm-hmm. you know? So like and you're going to trigger bad things. And al- alcohol doesn't judge. Hell no, it doesn't. And, and alcohol is very accessible. So it's Too accessible. Right? I mean, my drug of choice, I got up to 400 pounds because my drug of choice was food. Because food was so accessible. And if you have $5, you can buy four hamburgers with a 99 cents, you know, um, menu. That ain't real meat. Exactly. (laughs) That is very healthy, right? But everybody has something they go run to, whether you're facing a mental illness or not. Everybody has something they want to run to mask the pain. But... The issue is fixing the root of the problem, and then you can work on the alcohol. Then you can work on that. And that's why I think in your case, you're not really so prone to the you know, medical marijuana because you're in a point that you can stand correctly, and if you feel you need it, then you can take that step. Right. But you're not depending on that to live Josh's life. Our motto no longer depends in certain things to live his life. Right. I live our motto's life, and there's some things that enhances my wellness, which is different. Right. Than saying, this is the medicine I need so I can live. This is the medicine I need so I can perform. No, this is an enhancement that's going to help me what I want to do and what I want to perform. Big difference. Yeah, Veronica, I want to answer your question really quick. She says, do you think your mindset has a lot to do with not needing it as much? Um, straight up, here's the deal. Yes, I, I, the emotional cleansing that I have done has been tremendous for me. Going Again, it, as a lot of you know, I talk about it all the time. 
but I've been going through leadership, emotional intelligence training. So the things that would normally trigger me and make me spiral out of control, um, like the negative feedback or, or receiving something in a negative way and just personalizing it and, and letting my emotions consume me, that would trigger the bipolar just downward spiral. And that, and so being able to release that. So we're now that I, when I receive something negative or receive something negative, I'm looking at it like it's feedback. And if it, I don't agree with it, I just dismiss it. If I do agree with it, I go, you know what? I need to fix that immediately make amends for it and then move on being able to release energy like that, especially negative energy definitely helps not trigger the, the down downward spiral of bipolar disorder for me. Um, so I, I'm honestly of the belief that I can reprogram my brain to get rid of it. I really am starting to believe that. I really believe in the power of the work that I'm doing because I know how much it's changed my life. So to answer your question, yes. Like I had a, in all honesty, I had a drink last night and it felt like I was poisoning myself. That's the difference between of the cleansing I've done where before, like I couldn't wait to have a drink. I couldn't. Like it was like, oh, I'll have a couple of drinks and then a day, no big deal. Now I look at it like it's poison. And I, I experimented with it last night because it's been a few weeks. It felt like poison. And I felt like crap when I woke up this morning. I don't want to feel that way again. Right. So but anyway. See, that, to answer Veronica, that mindset that you're in now, it's in a mindset that separates you from the illness. To see, I believe when you're in that mindset, when you're able to make that change, then it separates and says, I need this, right? To what is it that I want to move forward to? And when you're looking to moving forward, then you don't look to mask the pain. So mindset is everything. My mindset, if I would have kept my mindset of believing that I was a loser, that I was never going to get anywhere, then that would have happened. But I have to change my mindset and self-belief so to know that I can help so many people, that I can make a change. And there's nothing more beautiful that, in my opinion, than when you receive an email and somebody tells you, because I saw your video on Instagram, or I saw your video anywhere, I made the choice to no longer hit, hurt myself. I made the choice to no longer want to end my life. But I also learned because there's the why, right? We go through our lives, why is this happening to me? Why did I do? Why is you know, why God gave me this? Mm-hmm. But then I learned that to look at it this way. That's the schooling that I needed to go. And I graduated now and now I can help people. If I didn't go through that schooling, how can I help people on this subject? How can I better them? I had a client that said, Why should I hire you? And I said, It's very simple. Do you want to learn this from somebody that lives it, or do you want to learn this from somebody that read it? <laughs> that's because that's because you don't need a better sales pitch than that. I go, no, it's simple. It, it's not sales pitch. It's, this is the problem. You want to learn from somebody that lived it, or you want somebody that read it in a book? Exactly. So, so there's some big difference there. Well, yeah, because a head knowledge of something is not the same thing as a, 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 a soul body <laughs> spirit knowledge. I, I like I honestly can look back at, at all of the stupid ass things that I've done in my life and go, thank God. I mean, he didn't kill me. Like I have things I have a, a medical condition that will be with me for the rest of my life, but I'm healthier than I've ever been. 
And I, I've had all of these crazy experiences and I get to be in a custom suit and say, yeah, I've been to jail six times and I, I've almost died. I can't even count the amount of times. And I get to talk about with all of this stuff, like now it's not a joke, it's serious. But what it doesn't define who I am anymore because now I, the power of it's gone. I've used that now and use it and will continue to use it all over the world to show that that stuff doesn't define you. Now, if you sit in it and you act like uh, my life is over, no one's going to love me because I have HIV, I've, I've, I've been in jail six times, I've been bankrupt, I've been homeless, no one's going to love me. Well, you know what? If you tell yourself that, you're never going to know anything different. But guess what? I, I have battled with mental health issues my entire life. I've been sexually and physically abused. I have HIV. I battled my sexuality for most of my life, not knowing what the heck I was. And, and guess what? None of it even matters anymore. I'm also a follower of Christ and I, and I love my life and I've been free of every freaking burden that ever, that I ever placed on myself or that was given to me as a kid. Like I'm free of it. But guess what? I chose to do the work. I chose to go, you know what? Oh, I can use all of this for good. And do you know how amazing that feels? That feels amazing because now I feel unstoppable because every one of you out there, every single one of you that are watching, that are listening, everything that is in your past that you hate can be used for something that brings you joy. That is a fact. It is a not a, it's not a, it's not an opinion. I don't need to be a doctor to tell you that because I'm the furthest thing from a doctor. But I'm telling you right now, you can use this to bring you joy and to bring the world joy. It's your choice though. You get to decide what you want for your life. Do you want to live free or do you want to live in fucking shackles your whole life? Pardon my French. Sorry, mom. Anyway, you don't have to live that way anymore. You get to choose the life that you want and it's up to you to decide today if you want the life you want or not. But see, you said something very important. You gotta be willing to do the work. Yes, you have to be willing people, to do the work. That's what people fear the most, to do the work. Once you start doing the work, when I needed to start doing the work, to leave that belief, to leave that, um, that thought and that something that was placed on my mind, yeah. I needed to do the work to leave that. Now I live a different life, but the work is the most important thing. The work is the most important thing. I repeat that. The work is fun. <laughs> the work is fun. Exactly. But, you know, you got to do the work because I know, one person asked me one time, do you hate your illness? No, I don't. He goes, well, why is it that you don't hate it? It's all you things you've done. Because it, it taught me so much. And it taught me, at the end of the day, how strong I am. Yes. And that strength has taught me to be able to empower other people, to take them to a different level, to show them they can reach, to show them they can become successful. And a lot of people also want to clear something else. A lot of people think that somebody who faces a mental illness is somebody that's poor or crazy. No. I got clients that are multimillionaires, but they go through a depression period in their life. Whether it be through a divorce, wrong business move, loss of someone, Everybody in their life goes through a period of depression, right? What you do with that is the most important thing. Yes. How do you get out of it is having the correct mindset. And the most of all, 
self-worth and self-belief because the self-worth and the self-belief is going to empower you to do the work when it gets really hard because it does get really hard. That's right. But when you when you ever accomplish that, you can move on forward and say, damn, dude. Like I'm sure you and I can sit down and, and, and just talk about sometimes that we might end up in tears. But the, the outcome of that is look at where we're now. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. It's a, it's, 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 to me, it's the best blessing that's ever happened to me. I, I cannot imagine. To me, I look at it like this. Maybe it's, I know for a fact it it has a lot to do with mindset and I'm not naive, but I also, I'm, I recognize that all of that past, all of that baggage, all of those former labels, all of those handicaps, if you will, like they allow me to reach more people because I now have the capability of, I mean, think about this. I'm not making this about me because everyone has their thing, but now I get to relate to people that understand that, that have been sexually abused. I get to relate to people that have been verbally and physically abused to, to understand what PTSD is and, and bipolar disorder and ADHD and, and to also understand what it's like to feel abandoned, to feel what it's like to be an, an addict, to know what it feels like to have HIV and to be confused about what I, who I was you know, sexually because of, maybe it was because of what happened to me as a child, but the fact is this, I can pretty much relate to every single person on the planet. I know what it's like to be poor, I know what it's like to be homeless, and I have a heart for all of you and guess what? I look at that as a freaking gift. It's a gift. It's a blessing because that means I get to love more people and I get to receive the love of more people too. So if you're beating yourself up because you battle with anything, anything, if, you, if you're beating yourself up with that, stop. Because you get to love, you get to relate to people. And that's why I say so much on the show that you all... You all have a message that needs to be heard from somebody. And maybe it's a little tiny thing. Maybe you have a child with a disability. Or maybe you lost your child and that's your message. Guess what? Somebody out there relates to you. But maybe your message is more widespread. Guess what? Amen. Freaking fantastic. You get to use that to help other people. It's a gift. Now, I want to mention something very important. Therapy. A lot of people fear the word therapy. But the words, and it's funny because the people that people admire, the celebrities and the actors and the musicians and the models, all the, they all go to therapy. Everyone goes to therapy. I recommend everybody therapy because there's so many different layers that can lead you to a depression state. And I'll give you an example. With a client that I have that she feels coming for me to share this. Her dad, when she was young, would always pinch her little stomach and go, oh, you're chubby, you're chubby, you're chubby, in a playful way. Mm-hmm. That also, uh, later on as she grew up, she had very low self-esteem and believed in herself because all she remembers is her conscious mind, which obviously you can't remember your subconscious mind, but it plays on your conscious mind, is that she was chubby. So her relationships with her partner, with her with men, would never turn out because the physical side of turn off the light, don't touch me, don't look at me, you're looking at her because she's perfect, I'm not. It brought so many issues in her life. And when I was able to help her break, I mean, really come back and say, you're not that. 
Your dad was just in a joking way, in a loving way. Separate that from you. Yeah. And now she has beautiful relationships with you know with her partner and dates and has a great time because now she regained her self worth. So what I'm what I mean by that is that not necessarily you need to have an illness that something's going to stop you. And by you taking the work and removing the label of a word that says therapy and go, I'm going to go there and talk to somebody like I'm having a conversation right now that's going to give me phenomenal feedback so I can feel better, take those steps. Yeah. I also see that my boy Martin's here, so I'm going to say hi to him. Yeah, Martin's the man. I'm ready for another house party, Martin. I want to, I come, I want to come over. I miss you guys. Um, yeah. Hey, Armando, I, um, I've got another guest coming on. I want to have you back on though, man, because we can go a whole other direction with this. And, um, and I, and I just, I just dig you as a human being, man. I, I'm Thanks, so grateful man. that you came on the show. Hey, for coming on the show though, I'm going to give you a giraffe. A giraffe? Yeah, a giraffe. And you cannot give it away and you cannot sell it. What are you going to do with okay. it? Okay. Oh, well, I, I, I will take it most definitely. What are you going to do with it? Did you say a giraffe or did you say a uh, a, gir- a giraffe? Yeah, a giraffe. Yeah, one you have to feed and water. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna nature it and care for it, and I'm gonna have a beautiful connection with it because it is nature, and when we have that connection, it only makes us grow. I love it, man. God bless you, my man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. Have a beautiful day. Take care. See you later. Oh, hey, plug your plug your uh, um, stuff okay. down the bottom. Uh, by Cooper Depression Power. Um, it's either an, an Instagram or Facebook, or if you want to send me a personal e- uh, email, you can send it at in- info at Bipolar Depression Power, or you can follow me, Armando Aguilar, and I'd be more happy to answer any questions, any things you might have. And again, I'm happy to give this two programs to somebody that needs it. Awesome. Send me a message that you heard it from him, and we'll make it happen. All right, brother. God bless you. See you soon. Yep. See you soon. All right, you guys, I have an awesome guest. Hey, Irene, turn your camera around. You're sideways. We're like this. <laughs> All right, guys, we have a really cool guest coming up. Um, I love re- when people refer um, guests to the show because it's the ultimate compliment, so thank you. But Irene Leal. Irene Leal is the founder and author and creator of I Am Woman Movement. Irene has authored curriculum for the I Am Woman Movement Program. By the grace of God, she has written other curriculum, I Am Free for Addiction Recovery. She has spoken at conferences to raise awareness against violence and abuse. In 2014, she established an educational program in different cities to help women recognize their worth and value. Through education, tools, and skills, students have been successful in healing their broken and battered emotions. Wow, we're going to have a good conversation. Irene has been in ministry since 1994. Praise God. In 2001, she birthed the ministry out of her home, which still exists today. In that same year, she authored a book, God's Poetic Words, More Precious Than Bronze. She has been invited globally and traveled nationally to other ministries to recite. She is a realtor by trade, but more importantly, she chooses to do God's work through obedience to his calling. Amen. She is also the CEO for Operation Heart and Soul. Operation Heart and Soul provides a form of support to a sector of individuals or families who need to extend help with homelessness. What a woman. Dadgum. She is a proud parent to three sons, Jason, Jonathan, and Joseph, and a grandparent to Jesmine and Alina. She continues to love and serve the Lord 
And her life's work is to enable and empower people to have the best quality of life. This is going to be terrific. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one and only Irene Leal to the show. Oops, there she is. Hi, Irene. Hi, Joshua. How are you? Good. I thought you were going to disappear on me. I'm glad that you showed up. I'm sorry about that. No, 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 no. It's totally good. So, what are you grateful for this morning, Irene? Oh, my goodness. I'm grateful for what God has done in my life. He took me from the dark and brought me into the light. He helped me to, he healed me and positioned me to help others. I'm grateful for that. So, you said, so what, let's, let's talk about the darkness real quick. Let's talk about what God brought, God brought you out of. I share this all the time on the show, where I was at in my life. And uh, how God saved me. I mean, God, not only did God save me, but he spared my life uh, multiple times. And I said, okay, I'm done doing it my way. <laughs> now it's time to fulfill my purpose. So I would love to hear a little bit about that darkness you were brought out of. Okay. Well, when I was 15 years old, I was married. And um, I come from a, a Catholic Hispanic family, and if you are pregnant, you get married, and that's what happened. And so that's when the depression started. I remember getting pregnant and going home and going straight to bed for until the next morning when it was time to go to school. That was the onset. Then uh, I was actually forced to be married. Um, had to hire an attorney. My parents hired an attorney. All kinds of things because I was so young. And then um, when I did get married, I moved into a home that I knew was so totally different from my upbringing. And that was another thing. Uh, days after I married, my 17-year-old sister died. And she was in a car train wreck. That was another onset. Wait, she and died in a train wreck? She was driving the car, and they were moving boxcars, and so her view was blocked, and... She and two others were killed in a car wreck. What the? And she was like my like my confidant. She was everything to me in my life. We shared a bedroom from the time we were babies. And I lost her. I was pregnant. I was married. I was young. I mean, it was just like, wow. I don't even know how I survived it. But not only that, but then I was abused in the marriage. So that happened. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it gets crazy. Uh, I've been hit, punched, slapped, shot at, anything you can imagine. I have been through a lot. And then two years after my divorce, I remarried again. After that marriage, um, I was abused again, but in a more demonic way. Oh. And that lasted for 16 years. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing now. It's not funny, but... Well, because you were able to use that. You're you're using it for good now. So, I mean, that's yeah. why you're able to laugh at it. But I'm sorry, continue. Yeah. Wow. God. Oh. Yes. And so, after the, the 16 years, I knew that I could no longer... Um, stay in a marriage that uh, mistreated me. I didn't know my value. Yeah. But I also, I did know that it was wrong. Mm -hmm. So I had to escape both relationships. I literally had to escape. I had to go in hiding for 
10 months out of uh, the first marriage and nine months out in the second marriage. When I, is, it, I call it a fake because that's really what took place. And um, so after that, I suffered through the depression. I was a functioning person that was depressed, but I went through the darkest times, just like your first guest was speaking about. He, you know, you just stay in the dark room. I put aluminum foil, I put a, a, a covering, curtains, everything I can imagine. Didn't answer the door, didn't um, answer the phone. I did work, but that's the only thing they did. My children have suffered because of my, um, I'll call it mental health. And um, so what happened is I found Jesus. I, although I knew God growing up, but I didn't have that personal relationship. He saved me. And he literally pulled me out of the depths of hell and saved me. And so I started to heal from the depression, not all the way, but enough to, I, to where I could survive. One day, God healed me, delivered me, and set me free 100% from depression. No pills, no doctors, nothing like that. When he healed me and set me free, after in 11 hours, I wrote the curriculum for I Am Woman. I consider it a blueprint for God. And our program is successful. So wow. that's what we do. We teach women how to recognize their worth and their value. And I'm writing, you know, more curriculum, one for men. Although I'm not a man, God has, and I never have done a drug. I wrote one for a drug recovery, or out, I'm not drug recovery, but recovery, all, you know, all of it. I wrote that. It's successful as well. I mean, God is just uh, amazing. Really is. Really is. Really. Um, and I, and I, I, anyone, I, we, as I was sharing on the show earlier, and I share obsessively, like whatever's in your past that you're ashamed of, you know, or that you, you label yourself with, like you can use all of that in such a way that you will be able to live a joy-filled life, but there's work yeah. to be done. And there's also an understanding of, of, of choosing if, that you want to live a better life. And it starts really there. And I, you know, I, where I was at in my life and what God saved me from, I, you know, is just, it, I'm still amazed at it. And the more I realize that I can use, and when I finally made the decision to step completely into my truth and to set that free, God was really able to use that and is using it in a very powerful way that I'm just going, God, how silly was I wasting all that time hiding like there's no there was no reason for it in the end it just to torture myself that's all it was no it, it didn't matter it didn't affect anything it's like it, except bring me more joy and i'm like why did i waste my life being so like angry and upset and 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 hiding from people and not letting me like god created us to be individually amazing people but it's up to us if we want to go follow the crowd and try to conform or do we want to be who we were created to be? And let me tell you something. I've my whole life did not want to be who I was created to be. I ran from it. And guess what? That's why I was miserable. But now that I'm running to it, it's amazing. Amen. Amen. It, is, it explains my life as well. <laughs> in, the, in the midst of me um, 
trying to recover and heal from all of it, I wrote a poem, and it's called I Am Woman. Can I read it to you? Please. I was going to ask you to. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, that's, what, that's what happened first, is I wrote a poem, and it's called I Am Woman. I am the curse that bring forth birth. I am the one that knows my worth. I am the one who will gracefully move. You observe my style and lovingly approve. I am the one with dignity and grace. Being a woman, I willingly embrace. I am a girl deep inside, but my womanly features I cannot hide. I am the one that wears pastel lace. My femininity screams with style and grace. I am the weaker of the two, but my strength will always come from you. I am the one from his rib I did come. His wife and his helpmate is what I become. I was formed from a man as a treasure and a gift to love and to cherish and always uplift. I am the one with a nurturing soul, anointed by God for my motherly role. I am the prayer warrior who stays on my knee until my family is healed, delivered, and set free. I am the balance throughout the day. I linger about as a fragrance sachet. I am the one that maintains integrity and poise. I remove myself from abuse that destroys. I am the one that endures what life brings, but I am protected by the King of Kings. Hmm. I am the one that lifts him up. Peace, love, and grace I drink from his cup. I am the one who recognizes his birth. He gave his life to validate my worth. I am a woman. Wow. That's really good. Did you did you steal that from Google or did you write that yourself? <laughs> I wrote I stole it from God. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> That, that's really good. That's really good. Wow. Uh, the crowd likes it. Everyone loves it. Um, so I want to know, so tell me about Operation Heart and Soul. Okay, so uh, can I introduce you to my co-founders really quickly? They're sitting right here with me. Do anything you want. There's Tommy. Aloha. Hello. And Frankie. Hi, Hi Frankie. Was, Tommy is the other one? Yeah, this is Tommy. Hi, yes. Tommy. Hi, how are you? I'm well. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to do that. I mean, they can I, all three jump on the screen if you want. Yeah, I don't. How can you do that? Uh, squeeze your heads together. <laughs> <laughs> so, Operation Heart and Soul is something. It's another. Um, project or program that God has given me and he gives me all of these things in my dreams and it's really crazy one day maybe we can talk about what God how he gives these things to me and he I went to bed one night and I was asking God please show me something as big as you that can be a fundraiser for ministries especially mine at that moment I need something it's not about candy or paper wrapping or candles or these things that are, you know, people sell for fundraising. So I said, okay. Uh, I mean, I was just in prayer over it. Went to sleep, woke up and said, oh, well, that was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And I have a client who was a um, program writer for, I believe, Visa or MasterCard, one of the two. And I asked him, I said, I'm about to ask you a really stupid question. And he's, I asked him, I said, well, have you ever heard of a prepaid cre- uh, credit card that does this, 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 and this? And he was very silent. And I said, I knew it was a stupid question. And he said, do you realize what you have? I said, no, I don't. And he said, I'm going to call the bank right now. Well, he called the next morning. The bank wanted, wanted to meet us that next morning. And they were willing to approve what God had given me. And he said, I make it very clear. The banks do not approve anything that does not make money. I'm like, wow, okay. I said, well, we can't do that because this is just an idea. It's not a project yet. I hadn't written it yet. And uh, so what happened was what we went ahead and just kind of hung out. We had the idea that that was it. He, on the other hand, was busy contacting people all over the world, creating a team for putting this card into place. And um, what it does is that we take people that have that fall through the cracks of the system. And there's a lot. There are three, three things that you need. You need a state ID, you need a place of residence, and you need a social security card. If you don't have any of those three things, you will be homeless, you will be hungry, and you will not be able to enter into society. We figured out a way to help and to change the whole thing. And without being dependent long-term on benefits from the government or the county or the state. And so um, we have introduced it to a few people, you know, people with uh, wealthy people that are able to front the money, and um, it wasn't the right, they weren't the right people. Mm-hmm. Spiritually speaking, they just weren't. I know the vision would have changed, and there's, it's impossible to change the vision. Once mm-hmm. I have a vision, it's done, it's over. Nobody even tried to change it. Tell me about it. So I've had the same one since I was seven. Um, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yes, that's we have to stick to the vision. How can we be obedient with it changing? Yeah, exactly. So what what we do is we help people get, regain their life back. So pretty much, it's still sitting on a shelf. What happened is in the midst of us writing that, it took me three years to write it, and uh, the whole program from beginning to the end. Wow. And uh, in the midst of that. God healed me and delivered me, set me free, and then I, a woman was born. So we spent the last four years uh, building the foundation for I am woman, and now I know it's time to go back to Operation Heart and Soul. Wow. So amazing. So amazing. Um, I'm curious, you the book, God's Poetic Words More Precious Than Bronze. Yes. Why not gold? Just curious. Because it's a series. It oh. started with bronze, then it moves to a silver, then it moves to gold, then platinum. That's a really good explanation of why it's called bronze. I, I never, never. And I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of poems, and, I, and that's the only book in print. I just, I'm so busy. Yeah, you need an assistant. Um, yeah, I what, um, So where are you guys out of? Bakersfield, California. Oh, so you're helping people... Oh, I remember our conversation now. You have an event coming up, don't you? Yes, I do. April 8th. 
April 8th. Okay. Do you have, like, is there a website or information that you can put in the comment section after we're done? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I want to support that. That's cool. But tell everybody about the event you're doing. Okay. Um, and I'll let my uh, partners in. Uh, yeah, let them talk. I mean, they're just going to be, if they're going to be on camera, they might as well talk. <laughs> oh, the event. The event is set for April 8th here in Bakersfield, California. And the location is the Noriega House, which is located uh, on Baker Street, which is down, uh, downtown Bakersfield. More like on the east side of Bakersfield. Um, it's a beautiful home. And it's a high tea. And what it is, it's a... Uh, a fundraiser for I Am Woman, so we can continue doing what we can for these women who are broken. I love it. And um, we're so excited. The, the ticket cost is $25. We're also going to have um, uh, yeah, a few vendors there, and we're also going to have a silent auction, so items there that people can um, auction, uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm sorry, can buy some gifts, and also, that many will also go towards I Am Woman. So we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, I re okay, real question. Irene, is your book on Amazon? It was on Amazon. It went out of print. And so I have to get it reprinted. Okay. And along with that, I've written another book with some of my newer poems. And that will be in print as well. Okay. Yeah, you want to make sure that uh, when that's available, you let me know. Because there's people asking about it on here. Um, do that. that event sounds exciting. Um, is there anything else in your heart that you would like to share? I just wish that everybody could see and feel what we see and feel the reward of helping people. We get the stories that the stories that I mean, they're the most broken women that come to us and the stories of success when the parents at graduation want to stand up and speak about how their child's life has changed. Right. It's just so rewarding. And don't forget, uh, we do have a website, which is uh, IamWomanMovement.com. And I do have, I believe I have some poetry on there. If not, I can post some poetry and you can just print it and keep it if you'd like to do that. Um, uh, most everything I have is copyrighted, but, um, and then Facebook page is I am woman. Woman is actually an acronym and it means worthy of majesty and nobility. So it's spaced. I am woman is W space, O space, and it's I am woman movement. Okay. And, yeah. Um, so hold on. I want to see if I'm putting this in the comments right. Is that correct? Yeah, except for the um, hyphens are, are not there. Oh, my bad. <laughs> and, and it's movement. And they're just, it's just a space. No, for your Facebook page? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll find it and share it in the comments. All right, ladies, for coming on the show, I'm going to give you a giraffe. You are? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a draft. Just one though, because I only have one to give you. Um, you oh, okay. So uh, yeah, yeah. Because you can't give it away and you can't sell it. So what are you gonna do with it? Wow. Let's let Frankie answer that question because she hasn't spoken much. Yeah, Frankie. <laughs> uh, 
uh, we're going to commit to the office. A giraffe? Yeah. Yes. We love giraffes. Okay. Wonderful. They're beautiful. They're yes. beautiful, beautiful animals, and I love the the wild animals. Good. The, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to take over. No, that's the, okay. Uh, <laughs> Someone's got to. I believe it's strength. It's it, you know, it's it's everything. <laughs> we love giraffes. All right. Well, you better take care of it because you we know are. it's my we spirit are. animal is a giraffe. So. All right, ladies, God bless you. Thank you for the work that you do. If uh, when you re-release those books or you have anything else that you uh, want to share, you're always welcome back. Thank you so much. All right. God bless, ladies. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So that was a great show. I really enjoyed both guests. Actually, we had four guests and they were all great. And I love people that are out changing the world. It's fantastic. Um... So thank you guys very much. Also, I want to give a shout out to my man, uh, Creations by Will, who traded me flowers for this razor. It's unbelievable. Like hand carved, he, he traded me flowers for it. Like seriously. And I, and I love this thing. I'm really terrific. Um, so you can check out creationsbywill.com for that if you want to shave. Um, shout out to SoCo Cannabis Creations. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. World's best CBD products. Um, all right, guys. So 2 o'clock p.m., we're going to do another show. And uh, it's going to be awesome. So we'll see it too. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining today. And uh, make, it a, make it a good day. Or, you know, something. If you enjoyed today's show, please tag somebody. Please share. Sharing's nice. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Zin Fu. Candy, thank you for joining the show. Veronica, great seeing you. Jane Stewart, all of you. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show today. Have an amazing day. God bless. You bring your phone everywhere. Work, school, the movies. Now you can bring it to an Xfinity store for an easy way to switch to Xfinity Mobile, a new kind of network designed to save you money. You can get up to five lines of talk and text included with Xfinity Internet at no extra cost, so all you pay for is data. It's never been easier to switch to Xfinity Mobile and keep the phone you love. Click here to see how. Sorry, I gotta take this. Restrictions apply. Limited to select mobile phones. Requires activation of a new line of Xfinity Mobile. Up to five devices per account. New Xfinity Internet customers limited to up to two lines pending activation of Internet service.